Are you interested in possibilities beyond anything you've ever considered? Join me, John Ashford, alias Akintola, each week where I show up unapologetically me as a possibility seeker and explorer of the universe, conversationalist, and a storyteller. Having worked with families, communities, and systems for over 30 years, I desire to explore with you topics beyond current realities and create something greater than the world as we know it today. Together, we can inspire, teach, and share with each other our real and raw ideas to change the world to the place we know it can be. Join me for some fun as we get real, funky, raw, vulnerable, outrageous, and inspired. Peace, John. The first episode of, I don't know what we're going to call this this uh, this podcast, but uh, something's brewing. That might be the question, the answer, but something's brewing. Uh, I uh, came to this point of wanting to do a podcast because I finally got the courage uh, after being coached by some of my great friends, Hint, Hint, Maureen, Friesen, that uh, actually there's a song by Bob Marley. And it's one of those songs that when I get in space and I feel like the world's coming down it's a song that he says i have so much to say it's called a song so i have so much to say right now I have so much to say and i don't know if that's the title of it but the lyric that's repeated countless times in the song and um i always admired that cat because when i first heard him i guess that's the first person i said i want to be like that dude you know the marijuana and stuff to the side, I had locks at one time and all, but what really got to, to me is that I had so much to say. And uh, I didn't ever think that it was be, I was worthy of being heard. And sometimes I believe it's untrue, it's unfathomable, it's impossible that somebody wants to hear what I have to say. But the more I say things, the more people keep saying, wow, that was elegant. Wow, that was touching. And so this podcast comes forth because wow, it's time for me to step into what I knew I, what I chose to do lifetimes ago that's present today. So that's how we got here with this podcast. Uh, Thank you, Bob Marley, and thank you all the wonderful people who influenced me to get here. Uh, Today, our first episode is going to be on one of my favorite fucking books on planet Earth by Dr. Dane here. I'm going to tell you a story about this. The book is Being You Changed the World by Dr. Dane here. And I found this book. No. This book found me. And Antoinette, Antoinette told me a couple of times I needed to read this book. And I blew her off for the first three times because I got thought I was getting busy. But, you know, when you get to the edge of changing something in your life, the universe knocks at the door and um, you have to be willing to answer the door. And after like the second time of her calling me, I remember being in the call, she said, have you got the book yes, yet? And I was like, yes. Well, have you started reading it? No, <laughs> I don't have any fucking time. The book looks great and all, but what the fuck? As I show you the book, I was like, I, I don't have time. I'll get to it. Well, I bought the audio. And I have like a 30 minute commute every day to work. And I started listening to it and I would get to work and I would stop. 
when I got to work before I got in the car and I would just stay there for like 10 minutes. I was like, I got to go into work. What the fuck are you doing? People walking by looking at you, listening to this. They don't know what you're listening to. You're laughing. You're talking to yourself. And about day three is like, what the fuck? So anyway, on page one, I read this book and I didn't pay attention to this. It's called, the, people call it, Dane has called it the uh, crazy phrase. And I'm explaining how come I think that he has misname this phrase because of what it's done in the last week with some last two weeks with some of my clients I've worked with. But this phrase goes a little bit like this. I'll read this page. If you're so courageous, friend, before you start reading, say it this out loud all five times. Yes, out loud. Everything is the opposite of what it appears to be. Nothing's the opposite of what it appears to be. Everything's the opposite of what it appears to be. Nothing's the opposite of what it appears to be. Everything is the opposite of what it appears to be. Nothing is the opposite of what it appears to be. Everything is the opposite of what it appears to be. Nothing is the opposite of what it appears to be. Everything is the opposite of what it appears to be, and nothing is the opposite of what it appears to be. Now you are sufficiently prepared. Turn the page and begin your journey into weirdness. I never thought that this phrase was going to come to be a tool that would change shit miraculously. Until recent uh, I've gone to classes and Dane has said this to me a couple of times and he's like, you're having a problem going to sleep, use this. And people call it the crazy phrase. And so after these two incidents in the same day, I decided to call Dane and say, Dane, I, I want to say something. I think I think you've kind of fucked up by turn calling this the crazy phrase. It's not crazy at all. It actually should be called the miraculous phrase because before me, on a Thursday, three hours, four hours apart, two families made a choice. I'm not going to say it's permanent, but they made a choice to be different. And the way this happened is I was sitting with this one young lady at 10 o'clock. She came to the office. She's on fentanyl. Her mom is like a go-getter. She's been beating the streets trying to find her daughter to help her get back home. And this is our second or third meeting. The first meeting we had was on the street up at 7-Eleven. She was doing some things with drugs and sexual trafficking. And so I was like, wow, this is kind of weird. I'm out here in the street with this mom. But I, the energy of this mom wanting something to be different was what was kind of like shocking to me. Because she was like, she, was, she wasn't going to she wasn't gonna stop. She wasn't going to quit. She wasn't going to give up. And I was like, I can work with people like that. So first encounter, I told this young lady, I'm your P.O., you know, and she's looking at me like this. I say, no, I'm not putting you in a car. I'm not forcing you. This is, you're all about full choice. So we stayed there for a little bit. It was weird because people were walking by. A gentleman said, hey, whatever. You thought I was a pimp. I was like, I'm in a county fucking car with license plates with the government on. Are you some type of idiot? But anyway, those, those type of people everywhere. So we met and then we met a third time. And upon our third time, she came to the office with her mom. And she was sitting in the office and I was sitting there looking at her and she was like, she was on her, one of her bands from, from the drugs. And I looked at her and she was just like, there, mom was excited because she was sitting in the office with us. And I was like, okay, creator, what are we going to do? Because I ain't got nothing for this girl. This girl's on full, this girl's on fentanyl. And if you don't know what fentanyl, I'm not going to talk about that. You go do research on that drug. That drug is, if you want to call something the devil, that's the fucking devil. Okay. And 
she had been used to that street life, but you could tell she wanted, she had something in her eye that she wanted something different. And I was at a loss of words. So I bent over and I said, look at me. And she was feverishly writing on this piece of paper to keep herself preoccupied. And I said to her, I said, check this out. I am going to ask you to write down something since you're writing right now. And I need you to repeat it. This is going to be your mantra. And so I went through everything's the opposite of what it appears to be. And she wrote it down real slowly and she wrote it down. And, and I, then I said, nothing's the opposite of what it appears, appears to be. And she wrote that down. I said, now what I need you to do for me right now, I need you to repeat that. Let's do it five times together. And so she did it. And all of a sudden she was looking down and she still had her, her drug stupor on, I'm going to call it. But then she looked up for a point of clarity, like, what the fuck was that? Because everything in the room seemed to have changed for a split second. And what I imagine is that she saw the possibility of something being different that she could fucking choose from. And that's the first inclination. I was like, this is not a crazy phrase. This is a phrase that shifts energetically word patterns, shifts the energy in the room. It's like somebody farted. You can't see it. You can smell it, but you're like, what the fuck was that? But you know something's changed in the room. So that was the first thing that I was like, wow. So then it was kind of crazy. So I said, okay, I need to, I'm, I need to go to lunch. We, we, we were together for like two and a half hours. Like, look, we need to do something different. And she went home. Some days later, mom called me from home on a weekend. Mr. Ashford, she's still here. And I was like, yeah. I said, this is what you need to do whenever she gets into this point, because she's going to have a point until she gets into treatment. She's going to be butt ass crazy. So what I need you to do is I need you to use this mantra too for you. And when she gets in the room and she's sleeping in the room, go in the room and use to say the mantra. When she's up and, and you're hearing her, say the mantra. And so like recently, the mom called me again, like since this week. And she said, she's still at home. I was like, keep on using the mantra, stay in this book. There's a lot of tools in that book, but this one too went poof, pow, bang. And this girl's different. Now, I wouldn't have think, thought anything of that until five o'clock that same day. Another client came in and I had been seeing this young man for a long time. I came in, he had a charge from March. I couldn't find him. He had a, a possible gun charge that happened that fell off. And I ran to this kid, and this kid's a special dude. I really, my heart goes open. I love kids, but this one kid, he's a game changer. And he came to me the first day, and he was frustrated because his mom is on the same drug. And we, she, we missed, she, he missed the first appointment in March because mom forgot to give him the information. That happens when people use drugs. I wasn't mad. So we met. In the first meeting we were supposed to have, mom didn't show up. He waited around the courthouse for like three to four hours. His girlfriend showed up and supported him. And I could see in his heart his anger, his, his disappointment. He was like, I could have been done with this. His intellect was above what I've seen for a long time with the young man. So she comes in for the next appointment. And she's on fentanyl. And I'm like, whoa. And I could see the, and she had a mask that she never took off when she was in my office and she, she was present, but she didn't know what she thought she was going to get. And I refused to give her was judgment. And I was acknowledging that you're here. 
I don't care you're fucking high. I never say that to her, but you're present. You had, you gave, my my, my buddy Bernie Baird says, if a person shows effort, open the fucking door. She was there. It's almost like when people talk about scripture with Christ, well, it was not Christ. Well, yeah, the story of Christ talking about the the son, the uh, son that comes back home. I can't remember the name of the story, but the son that comes back, the, uh, I can't remember to come to me. Well, the, he, she, Cain? The, was it Cain? No, it's the son. That, not that, Judas. This is in the New Testament. He took all the money and spent it and came back. And once the brother stayed home, uh, well, the mom's here. And the son was like, because she was high. But I was telling him, and we had met a couple weeks prior because I've been asking him, what if you let go of the judgment? What's the other possibility? So she came and so she was like in a nervous, drunken stupor. And I was like, okay, no problem. She's present. So we met for about an hour. They left and we made another appointment. She didn't show up. He was frustrated. The son was frustrated and said, see, this is, I was like, okay, we're going to be patient. Well, this time, that day, she showed up and um, no mask. She told me, she told me I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be late because sometimes she's always late for the son. So he's always late for things. She was on time. She was excited. When I opened the door and went to the lobby, she was like a little kid in Candyland. Like, look, I'm here early. And what's going to happen? So she goes in the office and she sits down. And you can tell in the, in the sunset, a seat away from her. And he would look at her. And then we got into a heavy conversation. And he went the fuck off. He went straight off. And I asked him a question. I asked him, is this the outcome that you're desiring? Because if this if that was this is the outcome, it's working. Okay. But remember, we talked about what do you really desire to have in your life with her? So I said, I want you to look at her and I want you to look at him. And mom was had a hard time looking at him because there's a lot of shame that starts on, you know, as human beings, we don't like this thing called shame. So this shame starts to show up. And so she started feeling she was pulling back. And so after he agreed that that's not what he wanted. He talked about something, an incident that happened in the house that I'm going to keep private to them, that she would be gone in the house for two hours. And he was responsible for being with the younger siblings. And he was like, you think I'm some type of idiot because you don't think I know what's happening when you go away. And so he went off in a tangent and she put her hand up to her face and she turned to the side. And I asked him, is this what we're going for still? And I said, mom, I need you to take your hand down. I need you to be present. I understand. I'm, you're here, mom. We're going to celebrate that you're here. And so I asked the mom, I was like, look, what do you desire for your family? And she was like, ah, so she was writing too. So I was like, shit, I'm one for O. So let's try this shit again. You write, everybody's writing down fever. I need you to write down a mantra. And so she wrote down the mantra. And then I said, would you read that mantra back to me? And she read it back a couple of times. She read it back one more time. And she was looking and the son was talking and all of a sudden she looked up. And she was like, and the sun started going off again a little bit. And I said, hey, it's not that type of party. We're not here to destroy people. We're here to try to figure out what's the next steps. And I said the whole time, I told them, I'm not a therapist, but this might get you to the point where you can get to therapy. In the process of the sun talking, she didn't want to say anything. She's writing and she writes something on a piece of paper and she turns around and she shows it to me on the bottom. She says, Mr. Ashford, thank you for this. I'm going to sign back up for therapy for um, uh, drug and alcohol therapy again. 
And for me, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, <laughs> twice in one day, one statement, everything's the opposite of what it appears to be, and boom, change. Now, I want to say to people, when you listen to this, I'm not saying this is going to be the permanent change, but it's a step in a direction of another possibility. And if I can get people to be in another space to choose something, and they realize that well, after working with me and some of the things I work with them, the tools, get to change, you get to change your choice every 10 seconds. And I explained, so kind of interesting, after that, the weekend, homeboy calls me on the weekend, leaves a message, a message, look, she's at it again. I, I, I send back a message, like, hey, look, we know that. But did you read the mantra? And no response for a little bit. And then respond, yeah. I said, he said, I'm good. And it's not a permanent fix, but it's a flight in the right direction. And I'm not going to say a step. It's a flight. Because if you're willing to change energy, it's quick. And I had after having the conversation, leaving a message for Dane, they was like, wow. I was like, yeah. I was like, I think that we're on to something with this, what I call the miraculous phrase. I don't call it the crazy phrase anymore. It's a miraculous phrase because it allows people to get into a space. And if you read it, and, and here's the crazy thing about this crazy phrase, is that in the past when I've had kids come into my office and they decide they wanted to write an essay, and they read this book, I say, before they leave, I make them read this page. And it's the funniest thing because the kids read it depending on what degree of reading they have. They read it and sometimes some of them, they go through it and they get through it. Their parents who usually actually work with the book too. And matter of fact, the funny thing, like in that same meeting, the mom said, I'm reading this book. So something happening. But the parents usually stumble with all their professionalism and what I call the adultism because it starts to unlock some of their shit so that they can be more present. And for me, that's not a crazy phrase. That's a miraculous phrase. It creates a space, a possibility for the ultimate change that people want to head towards. And that's why... I realize this is one of the greatest tools to have at my disposal right now in this 10 seconds. There's a lot more that I like doing with young people, but it's the it's the red carpet of inviting somebody to a whole new way of living if you're willing to try it. And I haven't, once they get to that reading, if they read that and they capture onto it, unless they have some learning disability, that's, and then I try to figure out how do I get it to the, the audible, uh, but if they read it, it will make a change. And when I say that, people are like, well, what, what happens to these those young people? Are they successful? Majority of the kids that actually read this book, they change. Now, they might not change how society wants them to change. Instead of being high Monday through Thursday, they might just be high uh, Friday and Saturday. Is that change? Absolutely to me. You know, I think sometimes uh, in this work line of work, and sometimes when I work with parents, they forget that they had their shit too. So maybe they need to actually use the miraculous phrase to chill out. 
for other possibilities to show up. And that's what we're going to be doing on this podcast, talking about miraculous stories and crazy ass shit. And I thank you for listening. And you can share this too with other friends if you choose to. We're going to have a lot of fun. See you guys next time.